0: The big movie panels for D23 are in the books and I've got a rundown of what was revealed and what wasn't right now. Hello everybody, I'm Dan Merle, here with a rundown of a busy afternoon at D23. If you don't know what that is, it's the big Disney Expo. It's basically their own Comic-Con that they run down in California. There was a panel this afternoon that was devoted largely to Lucasfilm and Marvel stuff. And there were some reveals, some cast reveals, some footage reveals. I do have to say that going into this afternoon, I was a real dummy. Because I saw that there was a live stream from D23... And I thought it was a live stream of the panel, because Disney has done live streams of things like Disney Plus Day and some of their presentations before, so I was like, oh cool, they're live streaming it this year. So I get up, I turn on the live stream, and it's like their talent there at their streaming studio with about 30 people in the audience who were like really upset that they couldn't get into the big panel that was already happening, and they're like sitting on the floor. That's a tough job for those folks, because they have to realize that they're nobody's first choice at the convention. So this was not a live streamed event, but the news was coming out as it was going on, much like Hall H at Comic-Con. And when it comes to streaming these events, I honestly do get both sides of this discussion, the people that say, hey, it should be an exclusive live event for the people in attendance, and the people saying, hey, it should be streamed so that everybody can enjoy it. But I think overall, just seeing the reaction, and this is similar to what happened at Comic-Con, what people have to understand when they look at these events when you're not in attendance, is that this was, first and foremost for Disney, a live event. This was not intended to be an event made for the audience at home. And I've seen already a lot of people complaining about what was revealed and what wasn't revealed and saying like, oh, it was such a disappointment. You have to keep in mind, first of all, that if you were in that hall today, you got Harrison Ford live on stage talking about Indiana Jones 5. You got an exclusive look at Indiana Jones 5. You got the cast of nearly every upcoming Marvel movie and Star Wars movie and or TV show, including Andor. And then there were exclusive looks for the Detroit. audience at about a half dozen Marvel shows and other properties. So I really think you'd be hard pressed to talk to somebody who was actually in the event to say that it was a disappointment because they got a lot over the course of about three hours. That was the audience first and foremost. I understand the frustration for those of us watching from home because we didn't get to see a lot of that stuff, but you have to understand also that they're catering to a live audience. And also this ties into sort of the the Comic-Con Hall Age thing. What we saw with Henry Cavill, earlier just a couple months ago which is that there are so many expectations that are set based off of people on the internet who are saying things like they're going to announce the cast of Fantastic Four. I saw that so much this week. Oh we've got the leaked cast of Fantastic Four and here they are and they're going to announce it at D23 on Saturday and then people yelling at Marvel because they didn't deliver what some rando person on the internet said that they were going to deliver. If you want to set personal expectations for what they're going to announce at these events then you are more than free to do so and if you are disappointed in what you did or didn't get that's fine but do not allow your expectations to be set by these people on the internet that leak this stuff for likes and shares and website traffic because here's what they do they'll make 27 predictions and then two out of those 27 predictions will actually happen and then those two out of 27 predictions that come true they'll go to their audience and everyone else and go like huh see I know what I'm talking about I know what's really going on, and then they'll spout all this other BS stuff that has no basis in reality, like the whole Fantastic Four thing, and people take it seriously and get angry at Marvel for not announcing it. If you wanted a Fantastic Four announcement today and you didn't get it, you have every right to be disappointed, sure. But if you think that somehow Marvel welched on a deal because some person on the internet said that they were going to make the announcement and they didn't, then you really need to reevaluate your relationship with online media, because unless Marvel said directly, we're revealing fantastic four and then didn't do it they didn't welch on anything it's all about setting your expectations but base it on your own personal expectations not what some who knows who out there is saying is gonna happen all right rant over let's talk about the stuff that we actually did see and hear about today First up this afternoon was Lucasfilm, which brought some footage from a few different things. The first thing they talked about was Andor, which is the new Star Wars original series. that's premiering just in a couple weeks here. They had one final trailer. I have to say that the more that I see of Andor, the more I'm anticipating this show, maybe more than almost any other Star Wars series on Disney+, Plus, save perhaps for The Mandalorian. First of all, it's probably because Rogue One, right up there with The Force Awakens, is my favorite new Star Wars film. I just love that universe. I love the look of it. I love the feel of it. And so I'm excited to return to that era and that look. And I love the look of the show in all of these trailers. It actually looks like a movie or a TV show. It's not brightly lit or looks like it's shot in the volume. It looks like it's actually shot out there in the real world. And I just like the aesthetic that I've seen so far. And then we have these returning characters. You know, we have Mon Mothma. It'll be interesting to see how she's navigating that transition from being sort of tied into the Imperial Senate to leading the rebellion—I think that there's a lot of learning that we can do about Cassian Andor and his character. And then I'm obsessed with Stellan Skarsgård in this show. I don't—I only know what I've seen of him through the different clips and stuff, but I'm obsessed with just about everything about him. I'm obsessed with the fact that he says Cassian Andor. Cassian Andor. I'm obsessed with the hood flip. I'm obsessed with him just yelling everything. At what cost? everything. I really can't wait to see what Andor has to offer because I think this maybe could be what I thought was the most unnecessary Star Wars series, but maybe one of the best. Much like Rogue One. I saw no need for Rogue One when it was announced, and yet it came out as one of my favorite Star Wars movies. We also got to look at Tales of the Jedi, which is a series of shorts that are premiering on October 26th. It'll be three shorts that are dedicated to a young Ahsoka Tano through various parts of her life, and three shorts that are dedicated to a young Count Dooku and his fall from the Jedi Order. This also looks like it has some interesting new twists in the Star Wars mythology. I can't be entirely sure, but it looks like there's a shot of Ahsoka undercover at Padme's funeral. Maybe this was already included in a previous Star Wars animated project. I'm not really up to snuff on all that stuff. And then Count Dooku, who sounds suspiciously like a young Alan Rickman. I want to bring peace and order to the galaxy. We're going to see young Qui-Gon Jinn, who was Dooku's Padawan learner, and it looks like we're going to see a lot more of the Jedi Order, including Mace Windu. And of course, Yaddle, the female version of Yoda, who was first brought to my attention by Mike Carlson many years ago on Movie Fights. We not only get to see Yaddle, it looks like Yaddle's going to get some lightsaber action. This isn't necessarily something that I'm on the edge of my seat for, but I will probably check this out just to see what kind of stories they have to offer. We also got a first look at the Mandalorian season three, which is probably super confusing for anybody who didn't watch the Book of Boba Fett. I know there was some hope that it was going to premiere right around the holidays this year, as previous seasons have done. It will be premiering sometime in 2023, so we have a little bit longer to wait. And it looks like it's picking up pretty much where Book of Boba Fett left both Grogu and Mando off. We see what's now being called a clan of two as Mando looks for redemption. There are a lot of Mandalorians who look like they're gonna be doing a lot of fighting. We see some conflict between the Mandalorian and Bo-Katan. It looks like she may be ruling over what's left of a ruined Mandalore, which we'll be visiting in this season, and I think that that's got a lot of story possibilities. And we see a tree of salacious crumbs. I know that there is probably some sort of a name for that species, but I'm just going to call it a tree of salacious crumbs, and I'll let Wikipedia fill in the rest. One thing a lot of people noted is that there was no news on any new Star Wars feature projects, nothing about Rogue Squadron, nothing about what Ryan. Johnson. Johnson may or not be working on, what Taika Waititi may or may not be working on. So we're going to have to wait just a little bit longer for news on that. It looks like we're going to be at a minimum of four years between Star Wars releases from The Rise of Skywalker back in 2019. I don't see anything hitting theaters before 2023 and probably past that. We also got a new trailer for Willow, the series that hits Disney Plus starting on November 30th. I've never been the hugest fan of the movie Willow, but I am all for Warwick Davis getting work. So I'm somewhat excited that this series is at least existing. Andor. I think this really looks beautiful. I love the fact that it it seems to have been shot out in the world. You've got Warwick Davis with a flamethrower. What's not to like about that? We also got news that Christian Slater is somehow going to be involved in this series and I'm a big fan of Christian Slater. I could actually kind of see myself liking this show kind of apart from the original movie i could see enjoying the show as its own standalone thing so it's something i'm going to keep an open mind about super high high fantasy doesn't always appeal to me so i'm not quite sure how i'm going to react to it but it's at least gotten my interest the last thing that Lucasfilm showed was a look at the fifth Indiana Jones film, which only the D23 audience got to see for now. Harrison Ford was also there in person and seemed to have gotten emotional and uh, the fact that this is going to be his last turn as Indiana Jones. I haven't really read a description of that footage. I'm not really gonna go into footage descriptions here. I know there's a lot of other channels that are probably gonna do that, and that's great. I'm just kind of talking about my reaction to what we did see, uh, but that was something that was more of an exclusive for the D23 audience. Transitioning now over to Marvel Studios, let's run down, first of all, what we didn't see footage for at home, but that we got little bits and pieces of news about. Fantastic Four, as we mentioned, did not reveal a cast, but they did confirm that the director is going to be Matt Shackman, who also directed WandaVision. Wakanda forever got some D23 exclusive footage uh, along with cast members and Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler says he's still in the editing room uh, for the movie, which is not necessarily that uncommon for a film this big that had to retool significantly and that is still a couple months away from release. There was some D23 exclusive footage for Ironheart. Uh, Ryan Coogler is the executive producer on that series and Anthony Ramos was confirmed to be playing The Hood. There was some D23 exclusive footage of Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania and confirmation that it will tie in directly with uh, Avengers The Kang Dynasty. Kang was apparently also shown in some D23 exclusive footage for Loki Season 2, along with the revelation that uh, Kei Hui Kwan was cast in the show as a TVA agent, so good news for everybody who enjoyed everything everywhere all at once. There was some talk about Echo, confirmation that it has finished filming, and surprise, Kingpin's not dead. Vincent D'Onofrio confirmed to be returning for that series. Also, a little bit of information about Daredevil Born Again, Charlie Cox was there uh, for the crowd, along with Vincent D'Onofrio. It will begin filming next year with an 18-episode run. Apparently, the audience was also shown some of Daredevil's return that is coming up in the She-Hulk series on Disney+. Plus. Armor Wars, which was a big question coming out of Comic-Con because it wasn't even mentioned. It is still happening. Don Cheadle says it begins filming next year. It's going to pick up after Secret Invasion, which is something we did get to see that I'll talk about in a moment. And then there was some D23 exclusive footage shown of the Marvels. which which. which confirmed there is going to be a lot of switching places between all of the different marvels in the film. I'm sure that we'll see that footage at some point as well. So a lot of exclusive stuff for the folks that were there at D23 that we didn't get to see at home. A few other casting announcements that were made, Captain America, New World Order, they're really canonizing the Incredible Hulk because it was announced that Tim Blake Nelson will be returning as the leader. Carl Lumbly from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be coming back as Isaiah Bradley. Danny Ramirez will also be returning as the new Falcon in that movie. The big casting, though, that was announced, and this actually has me somewhat excited, is the Marvel Project Thunderbolts, which nobody really knew that much about. But the lineup was announced. It will consist of Yelena, who's played by Florence Pugh, Sebastian Stan's Bucky, David Harbour returning as Red Guardian, Wyatt Russell returning as U.S. agent from The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Hannah John Kamen returning as Ghost from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Olga Kurylenko returning as Taskmaster from Black Widow, and then Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus. It is going to start filming next year. And I've got to say, I like this cast. I didn't really have any feelings about this project whatsoever because I didn't really know anything about it. But when you look at the people who are sort of anchoring this team, you've got, of course, Sebastian Stan, who's been part of the MCU almost from the very beginning. You have Florence Pugh, who was a breakout character from Black Widow. But then everybody else, it's sort of this island of misfit toys of characters for people that have been in movies that don't quite have a place to go like ghost is sort of floating around out there after a man and the wasp and what are you going to do with red guardian us agent where does he go from here it's a lot of different characters that are at a stage where you can reinvent them and i think that this could be a really fun team i mean you have a great set of actors Uh, Apparently some people were underwhelmed by this announcement, but I think this this is actually a pretty exciting lineup and it's taken this project from something that I really didn't know anything about and wasn't really excited for to something that is definitely going to be on my watch list. As far as things that we actually got to look at footage for at home, there were only two projects. One of them is what is being built as a Marvel Studios special presentation that comes out in October called Werewolf by Night, which is an adaptation of a comic book story. It's directed by composer Michael Giacchino, which is kind of a surprise to hear, starring Gael Garcia Bernal and Laura Donnelly. Basically, from the footage that they showed us, it looks like Marvel's grindhouse, or at least that's how they're marketing it. This black and white really kind of gritty down and dirty horror movie. I've got to be honest, I'm not super excited or not excited for it. I'll probably check it out out of curiosity, but I could see it going either way. The big thing that we got to see, though, was the trailer for Secret Invasion, which sees Nick Fury apparently returning to Earth to battle a Skrull takeover. We see War Machine returning as Fury asks him what he knows about his security details, so it seems like they may be targeting heroes, Earth's heroes or perhaps government figures. I like the scene that we saw of what appears to be Talos in Ben Mendelssohn form, in a room where everybody suddenly shapeshifts into the same person, and it just goes to show you the scale of this conflict that we could be looking at. I'm not even going to say that certain characters are returning, because you never really know. We saw a little bit of Martin Freeman, whether that character is actually going to be coming back or whether he is a scroll, We'll just have to see. And with all of the political intrigue and what looks like infiltration of the government at different levels, I kind of got... Winter Soldier vibes from it. And I don't want to jinx this. And of course, this is also all marketing and Marvel markets everything they do really well. So this could be not at all what the tone of the series is. But this is another thing that we hadn't really seen anything from. I've always been skeptical of the Scrolls in general as a story point, because I just think that you can take some real narrative shortcuts that don't really make sense and like, oh, no, they were a scroll, and kind of write off stuff. This is something that also has kind of moved up my interest list. And really anything with Samuel Jackson coming back as Nick Fury, he looks kind of like the Nick Fury on a warpath that we saw in the early MCU, which I like the Nick Fury that we've had recently, the more kind of contemplative, retrospective Nick Fury. But at the same time, I like it when he is the man on a mission. So I'm excited for this show and we'll see where it goes from here. Those are the big reveals from the panel this afternoon. Of course, some stuff came out yesterday and will probably trickle out the rest of the weekend with D23. But what did you think? Did this meet your expectation? Do you maybe need to listen a little bit less to random people on the internet and what they say is going to happen? Let me know down in the comments below. And as always, thank you for watching me here on the channel. This week upcoming, I've got a lot going on. I'm going to be recapping several streaming shows. I'm doing them two to three episodes at a time. So we've got House of the Dragon recaps, She Hulk recaps, Rings of power recaps all coming up along of course with box office stuff and reviews please be sure to hit that subscribe button if you like this video share it with your friends and if you want to check me out on patreon you can see me at patreon.com slash dan merle thanks for watching stay safe and i'll see you next time bye